0: Lord, we thank you for the seeds that have been planted in our heart and our spirit, for those who have planted them and for those that you call us to plant. Lord, be with us this morning as we continue to hear your word, to be inspired by your word, convicted by your word, called to action by your word. Lord, we come to celebrate all the growth that is happening around us. But I pray, Lord, it's the growth inside of us that most importantly is impacting you and your kingdom. Lord, may it be your voice and your word heard, not mine. Set me aside. In your name I pray. Amen. If you build it, they will come. Anybody seen the movie Field of Dreams with Kevin Costner? An Iowa corn farmer who had a dream or heard a voice that if you build a baseball field in the middle of a cornfield. Shoeless Joe Jackson and other Chicago White Sox players will come and play. He did, and they did. Any idea how long ago that movie was? 32 years ago. 32 years ago was that movie, but did you see what happened three weeks ago? August 12th, anybody watch the game? The Field of Dreams game. Actually, the New York Yankees and the Chicago White Sox played right next or on the expanded field of the Field of Dreams. The players introduced from the corn, and there they were playing. There was a crew that was on call 24-7 to make sure that that field stayed as green as it could and that the water of the corn was always on so that the corn was pristine. It was an amazing game that ended in even Hollywood fashion. The Chicago White Sox won 9-8 with a walk-off homer, obviously, in the ninth inning. What a celebration. What a game for the ages. The idea that this game could even be played at all in such an unusual fashion with such fanfare is a poignant commentary on people's love of baseball but it's also something deeper it's also something deeper that it's our longing to connect our reconnect to the yearnings of our soul over a thousand people volunteered to make that game happen and thousands traveled around to come attended and pay lots of money obviously to come to the game but it's all because each person connected to the story What stories do you connect to? What stories speak to the depths and the heart of your soul and your yearnings and your life? Jesus told stories. What do we often call those stories? Parables. These stories that are meant to be heard, not necessarily read. They're not meant to be analyzed. They're for impression and reaction, and usually to make one point, And they're meant to be brief. And I'll try to be brief in my message with you this morning. This is Jesus' first parable. His first parable that he has, in a sense, been run out of the synagogue. So he went to where the people were. He was in an unusual place, sharing an unusual message, but a message that was so effective. So I hope you hear this parable, even though you've heard it before, perhaps in a way you hear it for the first time. I'll be reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 1 through 9 and 13 through 20. Join me in your Bibles, in your devices, or the little red Bibles in the pews online. Hope you'll pull your Bible out or devices and share with me in today's Scripture. Mark, chapter 4, verse 1. Again, he began to teach beside the sea. Such a very large crowd gathered around him, and then he got into a boat on the sea, and he sat there. While the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land, he began to teach them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, listen, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and it sprang up quickly since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. Other seed fell into good soil and brought forth grain, growing up and increasing, yielding thirty and sixty and a hundredfold, And he said, let anyone who has ears listen. Verse 13. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. When they hear the word, They immediately receive it with joy, but they have no root and only endure for a little while. Then when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are those sown among the thorns. These are the ones who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the lure of the wealth and the desire for other things come in and choke them, and it yields nothing. And these are the ones sown on the good soil. They hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. An Iowa corn farmer built a baseball field in the middle of a cornfield because he had a dream. He was inspired. Around Emmanuel, we have been dreaming of discipleship. We are inspired to build. Discipleship is the foundation of the kingdom of God in which we seek to make a reality. And if we build it, people will come. Jesus in today's parable gives us some ways how that can happen. He talks about the soil, four different types of soil, the downtrodden soil and the path, the rocky soil, the thorny soil, and then the good soil. Which soil, as we read these, perhaps do you relate to the most? Which soil perhaps describes your relationship with God now? Let's look at each briefly. There's the downtrodden soil, the, the one in which the path has made it hard. Understanding the culture and the times in the fields that they were in long, narrow strips. And these long, narrow strips had paths separating them. The donkeys would often walk down the strips and plant the seed. There would be a bag of seed on the donkey. They would cut the corner of the bag out and drop the seed as it walked along. As you can imagine, some of that seed dropped into the path. But the path was so hard that the seed couldn't penetrate the ground and it wouldn't grow at all and the birds would come and eat it up. Jesus offers his interpretation that the seeds, the word of God, the birds refer to the evil one. The soil is compared to people who are not interested. The word is presented to them, but it's rejected. It's irrelevant. They just walk on by, not interested, not relevant. And then we have the rocky soil. The rocky soil, right? When I think of rocky soil, you think of digging in, your shovel hits some rocks, it's mixed in with the soil. But this is rocky soil of a little different. It's shallow soil that has limestone rock shelf below it. couple inches, really good soil. The seeds grow, but they can't take a hold. There's nothing for the roots to grab onto, and the sun begins to burn them up. Jesus interprets this for us as that It's like a mountaintop experience. We hear the Word of God and we receive it with joy. We receive it with excitement like a concert. Maybe worship, maybe a Bible study, maybe a speaker or a retreat that we've been on. But we're quickly distracted and it fades away and doesn't take root in our life. A commitment to Christ is a commitment to discipleship. The next soil is the one that has thorns in it. Now, it's a little tricky here because the soil looks good. It feels good. It's deep enough. But hidden inside the soil are these weeds and thorns that can't be detected right away. That is, until the seed is planted and until the seed begins to grow along with these strange things that are growing with it. And there's so much of the weeds and there's so much of the thorns that it chokes out the plant and the plant begins to fade away. The nurturing ingredients that are meant for the seed go to the weeds, and the seeds never mature. How often do we? How often do we hear the Word of God, but it's the cares of the world that lure us away, that dominate our thoughts, that control us. There's no room, there's no time, there's no energy left for God. In a conversation with my dad just recently, he mentioned, I wish I could get caught up, and if I could only get caught up, then I could rest. He's almost 82 years old, and he's still not caught up. How about you? Are you overwhelmed with responsibilities that you face? Are you in a position or place of life or this time in which we're in that things are crazy enough? And we just can't wait till the kids graduate or the kids find a job or we retire or whatever it might be for you. We can never find ourselves caught up. There's a need now to prioritize. There's a need now to focus. There's a need now to simplify on the main things before us. Then there's the good soil. You've got the downtrodden soil, you've got the rocky soil, you've got the soil with thorns, and then the good soil. Thank goodness there's good soil in which we can have deep, rich soil in which the seeds can be planted and grown. And even if there are a little bit of weeds perhaps in there, the seeds can dominate them and they can be fruitful and multiply and much can be born from it. As we conclude this series on discipleship, I think this parable speaks to us and sums up what these weeks have been about. Three things, briefly, for us to hold on to. First, I believe we've got to receive the Word of God. We've got to put our place to hear the Word. We've got to put our place to listen to the Word. Perhaps it's worship. Perhaps it's reading the Bible. Perhaps it's listening to the Bible on the app. Perhaps it's podcast or music that encourages us. We can't expect to know the Word and to follow it unless we put ourselves in a place to hear it. But not only is it important for us to hear it, we need to receive the Word of God. What good does it do if it goes in one ear and out the other and never enters our heart or our spirit? To receive the Word of God and to let it make a difference in our life. An illustration about the uh, that, uh, that I heard that I think is relevant at this point. If somebody throws something at your face, what do we do? We wince. We close our eyes. It's an automatic response. What do we do when we're encountered with the Word of God? Do we, do we wince? Do we cautiously receive it? Or do we open our minds and our spirits to let it pour in and overwhelm us and begin to change us? Let us try to understand the word that we hear. Hear the word, receive the word, but then put the word into action. That's the key, I think, that today, that the seeds have been planted. How will we grow these seeds that have been offered to us? A seed that is planted but never grows is useless. My dad shared an illustration also that I think applies here. He's a farmer and plants corn seeds or soybeans and you buy big bags of the seeds to plant. But only 80% of the seed often germinates. And I was like, 20% of the seed, that's a lot of seed, that's a lot of cost. But if you don't plant that much, then you won't get the results that you expect. What are your expectations of discipleship? What are your expectations of yourself and planting these seeds or these seeds being planted in you or around you? 80% would be fantastic in the results in which our efforts try to move forward and grow forward with. How do you receive the Word? Which of these soils accurately describes where you are in your relationship with God and in discipleship together. We have the opportunity to plant seeds in good soil, but perhaps we need to clean the soil that's in us or around us before. I believe this parable talks about the discipleship in a life of a community but it also calls us to personal responsibility too. Jesus frames this passage, if you have your scriptures still open, with listen, listen. But then he also on the other end concludes with the words, let him or her who hears, who has ears, hear. Planting seeds and seeing them grow is not a quick process. Discipleship does not happen overnight in the culture in which we live, we want instant gratification. We want quick fixes. We want quick results. But sowing seeds takes time. And not all of them will fall into good soil. So, this parable is also a story of hope hope for the disciples. For they're not in the synagogue anymore, they're out in the fields. It's hot, it's frustrating. Many are rejecting the word. Many don't care. But there are some. And so the disciples in their discouragement hopefully find encouragement from these words of Jesus. And I pray we find encouragement from them too. This is also a parable about patience. When we live out discipleship, when we sow the word of God, some will fall along the path and people will reject it. Some will grow and be so excited, but then the next week they've moved on. Some will receive them, walk along for a while, but then something comes along that's more important or more appealing, and they fade away. But there are some who will receive it, experience the growth, and multiply it with those around them. The growth is left up to God, but God reminds us that the harvest is sure. So I hope in our efforts that we find that same hope. We experience and hold on to that same patience as we we seek to plant the seedlings of faith that God has given us to grow the kingdom of God around us. If we plant them, If we grow them, the people will come. The people will come to God. That's discipleship. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for the seeds of faith that have been planted in our life. And thank you for the seeds in which we have been given to share and plant around us. Lord, it's harvest season almost. The corn's maturing. The other crops are on their way. Lord, in our life and in our community, there comes a time in which you call us as disciples to uh, be sure of the harvest. So, Lord, in this emphasis in which we've been seeking to be faithful disciples, perhaps we're still struggling, and that's fine, Lord, Continue to nurture, continue to water. Help the grass to be green around us. Forgive us, Lord, when we perhaps turn it brown. But, Lord, I pray in our own life, in our own heart, in our own journey, Lord, we'll open our lives and that your pour, your nurturing spirit upon us, that your community, that your people, may experience your faithfulness. In your name we pray.